Hello and welcome to Beauty Island, the award-nominated beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I am your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and this is another episode of Beauty Isolation, a special mini-series of Beauty Island. Normally on the podcast, I ask my guests about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them, the ones they take to a desert island or beauty island that I'm sending them off to. In the current times we are in, things are a little different. In beauty isolation, instead, they pick the eight products that have played a significant role for them in quarantine, the ones they're using, ditching or rediscovering in isolation. Twice a week, I chat to a special guest to explore how their relationship to beauty has changed during this time, as well as conversations around self-care, how they're going, and what they're most looking forward to as we work towards a new normal. Today, my guest is Grace O'Neill, fashion journalist, editor, and co-host of the brilliant fashion and pop culture podcast, After Work Drinks. Joining me from her isolation in London, she shared the bougie skincare regime all the magazine editors swear by, and how good it really is, normal people and the iso fuel temptation for DIY bangs I know many of us are battling, her changing attitude to her personal style and fashion from quarantine, and the budget brow gel she says is better than Glossier Boy Brow. She also shared plenty of fab book recommendations to add to your list as well. As always, the links to all the products that Grace talks about in this episode are ready for your ease to find in the show notes, as well as where to follow her and how to listen to her podcast, After Work Drinks, which I highly recommend. If you enjoy Beauty Isolation, please subscribe, rate and review if you enjoyed it and share with a friend or post a screenshot on your Instagram story and tag me at Beauty Island Podcast so I can see. If you're after more beauty, you can sign up to my beauty newsletter called It's a Beauty and I'd love to hear the products that you're loving in your beauty isolation. Come and chat to me on Instagram or send me a DM at Beauty Island Podcast. Now over to Grace. Enjoy. Grace, welcome to Beauty Isolation. I am a big fan of the podcast that you co-host, After Work Drinks, so I'm very excited to be virtually sitting with you today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm a mutual fan of your podcast too, so very happy to be here. Thank you very much. Now, you are in London, my first international guest of this mini-series, so I would, love, <laughs> I would love to know <laughs> what, what is the the vibe where you are at the moment, how are you going? It's it's interesting actually because we just released a podcast episode yesterday and we're very tight turnarounds, like we do them and then release it the next day. And we talked about the fact that the last few days as things are actually opening and the city's feeling a bit bustly and alive again, I feel like it's the first time I felt really anxious since this whole thing started, which is really strange you, because when everyone went into lockdown, it was almost like not worth stressing about because there was just no choice and it was just the right thing to do and it was simple. Whereas now things are kind of half opening and the uncertainty of everything is feeling a bit more intense. So I, I think that's the vibe because every time I go out, there feels like more and more people. It feels like it's slowly getting back to being open. <laughs> I totally agree. I feel exactly the same. There's obviously excitement and positivity that, you know, eventually soon you'll be able to see friends. But there is a nervousness about this kind of building up to that point. I completely agree. I think you're definitely not alone in that. When it comes to your beauty 
regime. Have you noticed much of a change since we've gone into isolation in terms of what you're doing or what you're not doing? I have definitely pared it back and been really lazy, but I'm relatively lazy to begin with. So my skincare routine has always been like two products in the morning, two products in the night, and that's kind of it. And I don't tend, I love to read about beauty and skincare, but I don't tend to experiment that much. I don't have a crazy eight step routine. I don't tend to do that many treatments or masks. So it's, it's been an even more simplified version of that. Definitely no makeup and nothing exciting. Well, the first um, thing on your list is the kind of your non-negotiable in quarantine routine. And you describe yourself as lazy, but obviously when it comes to skincare, you're not because you are sticking to it, it seems, during your (laughs) isolation. So tell me about your non-negotiable, which is your Rationale regime. You hear so many great things about that brand. I know. Rationale is very bougie, I will say upfront. And I, so my attitude with skincare was always that I loved reading about it. I love trying stuff. I was very lucky that I worked in magazines for seven years and got access to the beauty cupboard and beauty sales. So I got to try a lot of stuff, but I just, I never found anything that made a really, really noticeable difference on my skin. I never tried something where a week in it looked really different, or if I stopped using it, it was really noticeable. And I went for a facial, an amazing clinic in Balmoral, but but I went for a treatment there and the facialist there was amazing. And she used to work at Rationale and she was like, look, I think this will be really great for your type of skin, but it's really expensive. So I'm going to give you testers of these four products. I think these are the only four that you'll need use them. And honestly, if they don't make a huge difference within seven days, just don't bother. So I did that. And then I used these tiny little vials and within five days, my skin looked completely different. It was crazy. And so I invested in it. And so I used the immunologist serum in the morning and then a gel cream moisturizer. And then in the evening, I used the cleanser, the catalyst serum and the same gel cream moisturizer. So it's four products and it is expensive, but they're the only four products I tend to use now and they just work so well for me. I stopped using it when I got to London because it was, I was trying to figure out how to ship it over and my skin just went crazy. (laughs) So I'm stuck now. I'm stuck forever. (laughs) There is definitely with a few people that I've spoken to and we, we obviously know that the environment does have a big impact on your skin, but particularly the shift from Australia to the UK and London, a lot of people seem to go through this massive skin change when they get there. Yeah, it's um, the winter is this is like not a particularly interesting thing to say, but the winter is gnarly over here. Like it's just nasty, nasty, nasty. I just didn't realize how bad it was going to be. And I feel like I was just in a state of, I don't know, just shock for the first two months. But it is it's just everything in Australia. You're getting so much sunlight and kind of fresh air that I think you're you don't realize until you don't have it anymore. So, yeah. That was a bit of an adjustment. The next product on your list is a new one that you are trying. So tell me about the Revive Moisturising Renewal Cream and how you're finding it. Yes. So moisturiser is something that I love the Rationale Moisturiser, but I feel like their serums are killer and the moisturiser I'm like, okay to flirt elsewhere. And the Revive Moisturiser came very highly recommended from... A friend of mine, Kate Lancaster, who I think you've also spoken to, if I'm right. Yes. Um, yes. And she's a beauty writer at Elle and Harper's Bazaar. And uh, it's new on Mecca and I'm just a bit of a like sucker for whatever their 
doubting at any given time. And so I bought the moisturizing cream and it's amazing. I've just started using it at nighttime and it's just, it's, it's still light. It's not super heavy. It's really beautiful. Well, there have been a lot of conversations about self-care while we've been in isolation. Obviously, it means uh, many different things to many different people. But I suppose I loved your response to the product that you're using for self-care because I think it's a very honest one that we can all relate to, which is not strictly a beauty product, but I think it can probably fall into the wellness category somehow, which is wine. And you do have another one. So wine. tell me a bit about uh, self-care for you. I know. I was looking at it and I was like, maybe I can write something really wanky, like meditation or something. But I was like, if I'm being totally honest, the thing that has made me feel relaxed at the end of every day is just having a glass of red wine. And this is a really funny story, which you might know from the podcast, but I'm really, really, really clumsy. Like I think I have a problem, like a spatial awareness problem because it's constant. And I broke every single wine glass in my house and we can't get replacements because of quarantine. So I'm drinking out of a plastic cup from Marks and Spencer. It's so embarrassing and weird. If you go on my Instagram, actually, I put it on there because I was like, oh, fuck it. But, um, so I've been drinking red wine out of there every night, but um, that has just been something relaxing. And I, as I said before, I get anxiety, so I try to limit it to one a night because if I start boozing it up, it's not cute and it's not self-care, but one is good, I think. And the other thing I mentioned, which is a bit more wholesome, is that I've started doing yoga with Adrian, like every other white woman on the planet during quarantine. (laughs) The thing I love about her is that she's just really like funny and goofy and down to earth and everything she does, it just doesn't feel like this stressful thing that you're either good at or you're not. You can just kind of work through it at your own pace and it's, it's just a bit more chill and it's, that's it. I don't exercise really. So this is the only exercise that I've been forcing myself to do and I'm actually really enjoying it, which is good. And was yoga something that you had any had tried or had any interest in before, or is it is it a completely new kind of hobby or practice, or is it? Yeah, I feel like I've just tried to dabble in everything, and I just remember having this moment, which is so tragic, where I was doing a yoga tutorial about a year ago, and I just stopped halfway through, and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. Why do I keep forcing myself to do this thing that I absolutely hate doing? It's so boring. I don't understand why I'm forcing myself to do it. And then I ended up finding this really embarrassing like hip-hop dancing video exercise on YouTube that Pop Sugar does. It's called Hip Hop Tabata. And I started doing that like five times a week because it was really fun, but it was just no one should ever see that footage. <laughs> but I think with exercise, it's something that I've always struggled with because I I don't tend to enjoy it. And I think I have this weird thing in my brain where I, I don't know, I have this thing where I feel like I'm against it. It's so silly, I know, as I say it, but I feel like I'm against it because... I feel like I'm trying to force myself into this beauty ideal and I I, I feel like I just exercise because everyone on Instagram has abs and I don't care about having abs. So I feel like it's like this feminist move to not exercise, which is ridiculous because the purpose of it is obviously to do with your brain and your mental health and having a physical, like a physically strong body is a great thing. But yeah, I, I struggle with exercise. I just can't, I can't seem to get on a roll with it. And I think, like you mentioned, we all have obviously complicated relationships with exercise. But also I think that's a really 
interesting and important thing that you point out there that, you know, we all have different reasons for exercise and it's about working out the reason that you do it and also finding the right fit of the kind of exercise, which I think is like we're not all going to be doing the ab challenges or the squat challenges because I'm the same. I'm so rubbish at self-motivation if there's not someone like yelling at me, (laughs) telling me what to do (laughs) and, you know. On uh, when you're doing it remotely, they can't really shout at you or notice when you're like you paused mid rep or whatever. But yeah, I think it's yeah. This is the thing that you got to kind of cater it to your personality type or to what works for you. I think that's such a good piece of advice because it's uh, when you. I just I just think I used to beat myself up a lot where I just see people on Instagram doing I don't know like reformer Pilates five times a week or something or. I don't even know whatever people do. And it's, it's just silly to think of it that way. You've just got to, like you say, find your purpose. And I think that most people don't exercise for aesthetic reasons. Cause I just don't think it's a um, motivating enough factor to get you out of bed in the morning. I think most people have other reasons for doing it. Absolutely. The third product on your list is the one, the product or category of products that you have rejected or that you would normally use that you just haven't found yourself reaching for. Tell me about what that is for you. Yeah, I just haven't. I think I used to face mask. I think I said earlier that I don't I don't face mask, but I used to face mask a lot. And that was, again, to do with the fact that I was very lucky to have access to beauty cupboards where I could try a lot of crazy newfangled stuff without too much out-of-pocket expense. But I was really into masks for a long time and I always saw it as this nice, soothing thing to do. And I just haven't done it at all in isolation. And I'm starting to wonder if masks are maybe nonsense, (laughs) which I'm sure you as a beauty expert are like, no. But um, I've never really – I think the value of a mask is the ritual of putting it on more so than the actual – effects on your skin but I did used to use this mask and I've just remembered it and my boyfriend's going to be so upset that I have because it it's called the Aztec clay it's like this Aztec clay mask that you get on Amazon yeah. and you mix it with apple cider vinegar and it smells revolting it smells like a corpse is in your house it's disgusting but it's the that's the only face mask I've used where I feel like my skin looks really nice the next day but it's so messy it comes off your face in like huge chunks of like green goo and it smells gross you have to ruin your towels to take it off it's like the it's the most crazy process but that's the only mask actually that I've used that's really good but yeah I've been doing no masking in quarantine and I think it's interesting as well because exactly as you said masks are something that it feel even like even if you don't notice the results it feels like you've done something beauty which I think like you said speaks to the ritual itself but a lot of the time uh, particularly sheet masks are for instant results, which is why they're so popular before events. And of course, none of us have events at right. the moment. So yes, <laughs> we've got nothing to, to sheet That's mask That's so true. For. It feels kind of like a waste of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on the flip side of that, what about a product that you have rediscovered a love for or started using again? I'm pretty, I mean, rationale is still high maintenance, I know, but I'm pretty low maintenance with my face. I'm very high maintenance with my hair. It's like my baby. I just invest a lot of time and energy into my hair. And I had not been using hair conditioner for years and years because my hair gets really oily. I wash it every day, which I know is really bad. And I basically, I read Caroline Dimagritte say she doesn't use conditioner. And I was like, I'm not doing it either. I'm French. And, um, 
basically in quarantine my ends are just a nightmare like they're so ratty and horrible and because I have dyed blonde hair the color is so temperamental I've had to just really look after it because as you can see here I just have the craziest roots and it just takes the tiniest it takes me not looking after the toning for a few days and it just goes this insane yellow brass color it's so horrible and the ends are crazy so basically I've rediscovered conditioner and I've been conditioning my hair like crazy and just lathering it on and leaving it on for ages and doing I've got the Olaplex shampoo conditioner set and I just sometimes just leave that in overnight completely and now we're slowly getting better but they're still pretty bad. While we are on the topic of hair I know that the treatment or service beauty service that you're most missing is hair related so tell me about how excited you are to finally hopefully soon eventually be able to get your hair done. I know so my the hairdresser I see his name is Anthony Paul and he was at Edwards and Co in Sydney but he's English and he he recently moved back to London. My older hairdresser Barney Martin in Sydney put me in contact with him and he just does my hair out of his apartment in East London and it's a bit of a thing here East versus West. Are you Sydney or Melbourne? Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay. I don't know what the equivalent in Melbourne is, but but basically it's such a pain in the ass to get from West London to East London. You've got to get like two trains and an overground and then a bus and walk. Like it's nuts. Um, and I'm West London and he's East London. So stupidly about two weeks before the lockdown, I was supposed to see him and I just woke up and just like couldn't be bothered. So I said, can we just do it next weekend? And there was no next weekend. No. And now my hair hasn't been done for so long. And my regrowth is like five inches long and it's just getting dire. So I'm just desperate. And I'm also considering getting bangs, which is like a scary part of um, quarantine, quarantine brain that's happening. I know that you so, guys um, on the podcast have did a great episode dive in of normal people. And I have to ask how much of this bangs desire is normal people related or just ISO boredom as I, well <laughs> no I think it's a mix of both so I just had I just had a few days it was really funny actually because I posted on Instagram my Instagram stories I was like this is the stage of isolation we're at and I'd googled do bang suit around face and um so many people I know responded and they're like do not cut your own bangs in isolation and I was like god I'm not that bad yet and I'm getting there. But yeah, I think normal people definitely. There's just so many people who look great with bangs. I don't think I'm one of them, but I'm also feeling maybe crazy enough to just get a post-isolation fringe and just hate it for a year. But yeah, I, I, I do this thing. Well, everyone does this thing where you just get an idea in your head that if you just get this haircut or you get this thing that you'll just be a different person and everything in your life will fall into place. And that's kind of where I'm at with bangs at the moment. Absolutely. And even particularly, I feel like it's particularly true when it comes to hair. You take a picture of a celebrity or someone you admire with a haircut and forget that you won't look like them when you come out. It will just be the hair that's changed. Like I your know. face will stay the same. <laughs> I had pictures of Debbie Harry up. I was like, who do you think you are? Okay. You're not going to look like fucking Debbie Harry when you get banged. <laughs> Is there anything that you have developed a non-beauty related and you found appreciation for, whether it's something that you are doing or because it's something that you normally would, but you can't do and you're looking forward to? I guess just eating out. Is that about, is that the kind of yeah. thing or not? Yeah, no wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, me and my boyfriend, Zach, have been pretty feral in isolation, I have to tell you. I think we've been getting delivery like two to three times a week. 
and we were getting, this is so unglamorous, you might want to cut this, but we were getting <laughs> fried chicken from this place called Sam's. I don't know what happened. We had a really wholesome first couple of weeks of isolation where we were watching like Breaking Bad and doing couples yoga, which is disgusting and very wholesome. And then we just hit this wall and we we're getting fried chicken in a bucket delivered <laughs> to our door like two times a week. It was really gross. And Zach got really bad food poisoning from them oh, no. recently as a, it, it was like a, um, what do you call it? Like an Aesop's fable being like punishing us for our greed, but I escaped unscathed. But um, yeah, so I just think being able to go to a nice restaurant and sit down and have a nice meal that isn't some horrible takeaway situation with a glass of wine will be really nice. We've been able to do lots of really beautiful walks actually, because the weather's nice. So I would normally say that. And just just doing stuff like going to the theater, going to museums, traveling, just everything. Obviously, what normal means when we get to it might be different, but have you kind of planned your first normal day, what it will entail? It's really funny because this this happened at such a strange time where I'd been working in magazines for, I think, yeah, about seven or eight years, and then I just left and gone freelance and moved to London in December. So everything was really up in the... And then I travelled for Fashion Month. So I basically hadn't had a month of normal day-to-day freelance stuff yet when this happened um so like Isabel who I do the podcast with we both work out of the wing in London which is like a really beautiful co-working space and we just started getting into a routine of going to the podcast studio going to the wing getting on top of freelance stuff getting a little bit of a routine going and now this has happened so it's it's kind of funny because I didn't really have a sense of normal before this happened so yeah it'll be really interesting to see how we go back and Izzy's still in New Zealand and and hopefully she'll be able to come back soon but I think it'll be a few more months of craziness (laughs) before things start to resemble normal again. We have got to the final two products on your list. So the second last one is the product that's proving to be the ultimate mood booster, which for you is a Kevnaquan lash curler. So tell me about that one. Yes. It's just, like I said, I haven't really been wearing, I don't really wear much makeup anyway, but I've been wearing zero makeup this whole time. And the Kevnaquan lash curler, I can't remember who recommended it to me, but it was a makeup artist that I was on a work shoot with and it's just really really good and I just it takes two seconds to do it in the morning and it just makes me feel a little bit like a human being and the other thing actually is this is my favorite recommendation ever Ardell brow gel is like six dollars at Priceline and it's this might be sacrilege to people but I think it's way better than boy brow and it's super cheap and you can get it in Australia I have nine of them in my house in various areas and just doing that on my on my brows and getting them in a bit of shape as well is another thing that boosts my mood that's a great recommendation i have to try that one yeah it's really good and the final product on your list is the not necessarily glamorous although yours kind of is which i love but the kind of trust with your life product so tell me what yours is i know i was like oh i was like oh Mine is really good. It's a hairbrush. And then I realized that I have a like quite bougie hairbrush. But my <laughs> my hair, again, it needs to be brushed constantly or it turns into a con- just a massive dreadlock. And I bought a Mason Pearson hairbrush like four or five years ago. 
and it's the best <laughs> hair related investment I've ever made. They're so good. I just got the little handheld one. You don't need to get the massive, crazy, expensive one. Well, they're both expensive, but the really expensive one. But yeah, that every day, it just does something. I don't know if it works for all hair types, but if you have like quite thin length hair like I have, it just does something to it. It just looks amazing after you brush your hair with it. And I have, I have friends of mine who have the most amazing, amazing, amazing hair. And they're like, I won't brush my hair with anything but a Mason <laughs> Pearson hairbrush. So it's that kind of vibe. We obviously touched on normal people before, but I would love to know what else you have been listening to or watching or reading that's been keeping you entertained in quarantine. I feel like, like everyone else, I thought I was going to be hugely productive and watching amazing art house films I'd never seen and blah, blah, blah through this period. But really, it's been a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know if you've seen it before, but especially for beauty listeners, you should watch it because it's like the best show. It's really wholesome and uplifting, but also the beauty is just incredible. And then All Right Mary is a podcast by two New York guys who recap RuPaul's Drag Race every week. And I'm now enjoying their recaps even more than the episodes during season 12 so that's amazing who weekly is a celebrity it's like a really snarky funny celebrity podcast it's hilarious that's another one i've been listening to all the time and bobo and flex podcast is great it's just really really smart and interesting and clever and i just absolutely love it and then god what have i been watching i've been pretty slack on watching stuff I just had a period last week where I watched all the Harry Potter movies in bed. No, Harry Potter is a very valid comfort watch. I love that. No judgment here. It's. I used to be a real judgy asshole about people that go on about Harry Potter as adults. I was like, just shush. And I just regressed and I was like, I just need to watch comforting movies. But I also watched Sense and Sensibility, which is another like really retro random recommendation but it's the best movie it's emma thompson and hugh grant and emma thompson wrote the screenplay and it's heaven and it's period dramas and i just i get on a bit of a thing when i watch a movie i like where i keep watching it over and over again i don't know what that is but i've been doing that with sense and sensibility and i've read heaps of books actually it was funny because we talked about this in the podcast this week where we were like everyone's just being an asshole and posting all this stuff they're reading on instagram and it's just making everyone feel bad and when did reading become a competitive sport and i'm a hundred percent part of the problem because i've i don't know why i've just got on a roll with reading and i've been posting what i'm reading and it's just making me look like a bit of a dick i think but um yeah i've read heaps of good stuff in isolation i'm trying to think of what the best recommendations i have are i read the argonauts by maggie nelson is a really great read she anything by her but the argonauts is really really great and I read Play It As It Lays by Joan Didion, which is one of her novels, and that's fantastic. And Motherwell by Deborah Orr is a really great memoir. And then Self by Will Self, who's actually her estranged husband. They both released memoirs at the same time, and I read both of them, and they're both really good. So, yeah, lots of reading. Head to my Instagram lots. for more. <laughs> lots of great <laughs> recommendations, yes. And I know that you always recommend lots of great things on the podcast and on your Instagram as well, so... No shortage of things to inspire us to read and watch and listen to. There's a, a good long list there, so thank you. <laughs> 
finally, we've kind of touched on it with a few things and you mentioned that you, you know, you haven't been wearing makeup during isolation, but I wonder if you've noticed any particular change or had time to reflect on your attitude towards beauty in this time. I feel like there's a lot of, or for me personally, I've definitely been learning about the beauty things that I do for myself and the things that I do kind of for other people. Have you noticed any any shifts in attitude on that? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I think that's that's a thing that I'm thinking about a lot as well, especially I've been thinking about it in terms of fashion just because we all go around obviously saying, I just dress for myself, I don't care, and then what's everyone wearing at home when no one can see them? Sweatpants. So I think... I've been thinking a bit about that with beauty too. And I don't know, I think it's it's difficult for me because I do so so little day to day, like I don't tend to really wear makeup. And I know that there are people who just love makeup and are really good at it. I think part of the reason I don't wear makeup is because I don't know how to do it. My best friend is so funny, her name's Phaedra, and she was like, why don't you look at doing some um, YouTube beauty tutorials in lockdown, like not passive aggressively, but being like nudge, nudge, figure it out. (laughs) So I feel like if I knew how to do makeup, I would do makeup better. But um, I haven't, I haven't noticed too much of a change, which I know is not the right answer, but I just don't tend to do that much. As we said, no wrong answers. But yeah, obviously you, your expertise is in the fashion space. So I would love to hear, you mentioned you've had those reflections with fashion as well. I'd love to hear that from you. Yeah, I'm having, again, like on the bangs front, like some weird moments in my brain about fashion. I'm like, maybe I want to be the kind of girl that wears like flowing peasant dresses and like blouses. And I don't know, it's, it's very opposite of anything I normally wear. And it's just getting weird in my brain. I think that when you work in magazines, it's such a specific professional environment where I just can't believe I used to wear heels to work every day, for example. I have all these high heels that I'm like, when am I ever, ever, ever going to wear these? It's crazy that I own all of these. But I used to wear like big six-inch heels to work most days. I had a very kind of slick, worky wardrobe where it was a lot of blazers and black pants and just really catered to that environment. And I think that when you leave magazines, most people go through a kind of identity crisis after they go because... You feel like you obviously invest so heavily in your job. You work so hard. It becomes your whole entire life. And then you kind of have to grapple with who you are without that role. And I think that fashion is a really interesting like medium to, to get through that identity crisis, you know, because you've got all of these clothes that relate to this job and they maybe aren't relational to the new life that you have. So that's kind of something I've been thinking about a lot now that I'm in quarantine because it's like the things that I just reach for and want to wear in my day-to-day life now, like very simple and very casual and very, you know, pair of jeans or a pair of denim shorts and just a jumper or a shirt or something. And I've got all this stuff in my wardrobe that doesn't feel relevant to being a freelance living in London, you know, the heels and like lots of white button down shirts and blazers and cigarette pants and stuff so that's kind of what I've been thinking about too like what does my style look like when it's just about me and what I'm doing now and it's not related to a job and I think that's been really interesting and I think it's going to be a little bit messy as I figure it out I think there's going to be a few weird (laughs) colorful purchases that don't work some like art teacher dresses that I you know have a play with but It'll be a work in progress. (laughs) Well, here's hoping that there are a lot of fun and different and exciting purchases and hopefully places to wear them soon that you can can play with. God. Grace, thank you so much. It has been so lovely to properly meet you and chat all things beauty and fashion with you today. Oh, no worries. It's my pleasure. 
thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Isolation with the wonderful Grace O'Neill. You can find where to follow her, how to listen to afterwork drinks and all the products and links that she spoke about and recommended in today's episode in the show notes. A reminder that if you enjoyed this episode and fancy supporting the podcast, you can subscribe if you haven't already, rate five stars on Apple Podcasts or leave a review or recommend to a friend who you think might enjoy it as well. As an independent podcast, it's just me. These things really help me to reach more people, which helps me to keep making it for you. In the meantime, if you fancy chatting more beauty, you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast or my personal beauty account at Brittany Beauty BTS, where I regularly share products I'm loving and talk about all aspects of beauty culture. Or you can sign up to my regular beauty newsletter called It's a Beauty for thoughts and recommendations straight to your inbox. Thank you and until next time, bye-bye.